right. Hello, hello. This is Oindrew Energy on my podcast, How to PhD Podcast, as well as on YouTube. So this is actually getting live streamed on YouTube right now. Um, the YouTube one actually got started a little bit earlier. So thank you for all y'all's patience on YouTube um, who got to kind of see me get started. But anyway, you know, welcome, welcome back to my live and to my podcast, guys, because I know I've been gone for a while. Um, I really uh, I apologize for that, for the delay in my episodes coming out and being able to do these kinds of lives again and stuff, because I've really just been I've been I've been really busy. It's been really it's been a crazy uh, few months because I actually worked on a move. Like I'm in a new city now. I'm in this new apartment in a new city. I'm in Boston right now. Um, and I moved from Ohio to Boston, which is a pretty big move. Uh, also like I, so I basically, I, you know, I had a home in Ohio. I had my life in Ohio. I had a job in Ohio. That was mainly the reason why I stayed in Ohio though. Uh, I was in Ohio for nine years because I went to graduate school in Ohio. I went to Ohio state for physics, uh, for my PhD. Um, and also then I got a job in Ohio actually. So I was in Columbus, Ohio for my, for grad school. And then I went to Dayton, Ohio for my job because that's where Wright Pat is. And that's where my first job was out, out of grad school. So I actually had my first two jobs out of grad school in Ohio. And this is why, uh, I have been in Ohio for this long and, you know, I'm not from Ohio. So there was always this sort of like, I should, I would like, I kind of wanted to leave at some point um, and go kind of somewhere else, like a bit bigger city, bigger, you know, different vibe kind of place. Um, and I finally made that happen. Like uh, the end of last year and the beginning of this year kind of worked on a, a big transformation and kind of just like made everything happen that I had been wanting to make happen. So that's why um, this move is finally happened uh, right now. Within the last week or so, I actually moved uh, to this new city and everything and started my new job. So everything's been happening at the same time. So I worked on my move coming from Ohio to Massachusetts and also um started a new job. Like I was in a job, a completely different job earlier. Um, and now I've started a new job at MIT Lincoln lab actually. So, so I wanted to touch on a few things with that because I, as you know, you might not know, I make content, um, on school and career. And I try to gear my content towards advice that is helpful, hopefully to students of all types. Like it doesn't have to be any particular type of student, like undergrad, grad, master's, PhD, um, what have you. And hopefully what I share here is helpful to people. So especially, especially something that I've been kind of um, focused on has been to make content for students who are trying to maybe leave academia and get jobs outside of academia in industry, uh, whatever that may be. And kind of navigating that. And of course, also, if you want to stay in academia, I have content on that too. Because actually, when I was leaving graduate school, um, well, when I was trying to finish graduate school, you never know when you're going to leave, right? Because uh, that's not really in your hands always. Um, 
especially with the PhD program in the US, it's pretty indefinite. Um, and it's really depends on your advisor and like your projects and everything, all of that stuff, all of that research and everything has to come together for you to then graduate at some point. And I wrote a book actually on this called How to PhD, the Graduate School Handbook, um, which talks about what might help you with graduating in a timely manner, whatever that may mean for you. Because again, uh, to some people, four years is a long time to some people, it's really not like in the in the timeline for a PhD, something like four or five years, six years is actually pretty good. That's actually a really great timeline for graduating. Um, and I mean, PhD programs that are starting off right after your bachelor's. So I went to Ohio State right after college. So I did four years of college. And then I went to Ohio State uh, and I was there for exactly five years, which is uh, pretty crazy. I'm actually quite proud of that. And I think it's pretty magical that I was there for exactly five years from August of 2013 to August of 2018. And I also got my master's during that time. So it's really um, a master's and a PhD combined program. And we call those the PhD program programs in the US where you basically have get all of that done in one go. And it can end up being a very long time sometimes. And sometimes you don't even have, get a PhD at the end and you have a master's. And so basically kind of like Kind of like ha having some idea for the timeline, having some goals for the timeline is important because say you are uh, thinking about kind of like getting a master's and leaving, you don't want that to take too long, right? A master's generally takes two years, maybe it's, maybe even a year and a half to two years. So if you're going to uh, get out with a master's, kind of like keeping those timelines in mind, I would say, uh, I talk a lot about this type of thing in my podcast and in my blog howtophd.org slash blog is my blog. I talk a lot about these types of things, uh, which are basically in the benefit of the students. I don't know how much in the benefit of the professors they, these content might be. And I don't want to burn any bridges with my professor friends, but I just want to keep the students aware of their options and of what's good for them because, I mean, that's just what I do, okay? So that's the type of content I make. And then... In parallel with all of this, I also have my own life and my own career that I'm doing, and I'm hoping that whatever I learned there, I could also share here and make that available to you as lessons and as things that you might want to learn about. So I will just say, I recently did a, a, a panel with at, at Ohio State, which was basically to help students transition from academia to industry. And I just want to quickly cover like what we, the main thing we said. So mainly if you're in graduate school and you're already drowning, you already have so much going on and you don't know like how to start with getting a job in industry, the main thing I would do is to network and reach out to people. Like those people may be busy or whatever, and you might have to do this more than once, but basically you want to reach out to people asking for ref referrals. So this is like probably, not even probably, this is the most important thing. Like my first job outside of academia was a referral. My second job outside of academia was a referral. And my third job, which is right now, is also a referral. It all started with some kind of referral, some kind of recommendation, like some person um, telling another person about me. And then the process starts where I get, you know, start interviewing or something that, you know, process starts where they ask for my resume. I start interviewing. I started, I start talking about the job or about the opportunity and it doesn't even work out always, but this is the most efficient and direct way of getting a job sooner rather than later. So if you want to 
apply to like a thousand jobs and not hear back from most of them, go ahead, right? Like it's very um, frustrating, that process. And a lot of people don't get, like they think it's just them. Like, oh, I suck. That's why I applied to 200 jobs and I didn't hear back. Um, first of all, if it if you do want to apply to a lot of jobs, go you, right? I think that that's a great mindset that you're just going to go for it. Like go you, I think it's totally something that we've all been there. Like I have applied to a lot of places. Like it's not like I, you know, I'm talking like I haven't done that. But after having done everything, after kind of having been through the process, I just wanted to mention that the most direct way is to get a referral. Okay. So like while you're still in graduate school, what I would do really, really what I would do is to reach out to people who who um, you know or sort of know and just like ask them to refer you, ask them to help you out with the, you know, passing your resume along to somebody uh, about job openings that they might know about. So especially in industry, I know this is different in academia. In academia, there are a lot fewer positions that open up. So when you ask your academic friends, oh, I see somebody um, doing a push-up right there. Um, great. Uh, just on the street. So anyway, um, where was I? So I know in academia, it's different. Let me sit back down again, because I feel like I don't even know the view you guys are getting because there's so much sun. Can't really see. But you know what? My voice is probably the main thing here. So just uh, please be patient with my... Uh, like I, I could do this in my office, but I kind of don't want to, you know, office is where I work, do my like regular job. So, um, okay, I'm back. Okay. Hopefully you guys can both see me and hear me. Okay. So <laughs> where was I? Ah, I lost my train of thought. It's fine. So what I was saying is mainly it's all referrals please get in touch with people, um, especially like, okay, so, oh yes, I remember, I was talking about academia. So in academia, there are a lot fewer positions. There's just not as many positions opening up. So like, say you um, really want to become a professor, it's probably not gonna work to just ask for a referral to another professor. And they, they're like, yeah, we have like 10 open positions in our department right now. Here, just give me your resume and I'll make it happen for you, right? It's a lot different in academia. So I know, I understand that if you are in that academic background, uh, you probably think that, oh my God, just asking for a job is not going to be enough. Just like reaching out to somebody that you barely know and being like, oh my God, can you help me with the job? Here's my resume is not going to be enough. But actually, although that might be true in academia, that is actually not the case in industry. In industry, it is actually enough to just ask people to give you a job and they freaking will because in most cases, it's actually beneficial to them to help you with getting a job as well. So there's a whole other angle to this, which is that most referral programs will uh, pay the people who refer you successfully, like where they refer you and you get the job, you accept the job. There is uh, you know, sometimes thousands of dollars involved where the person who referred you will get money that because they referred you. So it's, 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 it's extremely different. So just open up your mindset towards this 
difference to the fact that it works differently in industry and that will help a lot okay so so yeah like in in grad school um i got referred for my first job outside of academia like all i was doing in grad school was was applying to postdocs i i i did get postdoc and so i wrote another book on that how to land your dream postdoc it's on amazon and most of it, the content is really free on my blog how to phd.org/blog so it's like you know you can you can do that you can apply for postdocs you can do postdocs like i'm this is not the video for that like if you want to do a postdoc and if you have to do a postdoc for some other reason like you're international and you can't get a job because you don't have a work visa i totally get it and it's really for those people that i wrote this book how to land your dream postdoc and i also made content on how to get a postdoc as well on my blog because i understand that not everyone can work i was in that same boat myself where in college i could not work uh most of grad school um i had to stay in academia not that i was trying to leave um i mean i thought about leaving everyone thought things about leaving everyone thinks about about giving up in grad school but like i did want to finish my phd but also i had no choice because i didn't have a work permit when i was in grad school i hadn't become a us citizen yet so um or or a us permanent resident or whatever so like whatever gives you work permit I, that didn't happen for me until actually pretty recently so before that i had to stay in academia i had to just use my student visa and and be a student so i understand right like there is a lot of different aspects here um if you have to do a postdoc and that's the only option because of your student status then i have advice on that on my blog so please go check it out don't feel like you're alone in this process okay and i also ha still have a lot of academic friends who i can collect advice from like i just have you know i i have friends who are uh successfully or maybe unsuccessfully applying to jobs in academia postdocs professors whatever and there is something to learn from all of that there is something to learn from the process i went through i i applied to postdocs and i got um actually i got interviews with most of them and and that's another whole thing that we can learn from right like it's not like it's just a waste of time so i really want my experiences to help other people uh with their jobs with their job searches so please do check it out if you are in that boat but if you're thinking industry if you're thinking i'm done with academia and i want to leave industry then please know that it is actually very doable it's extremely possible there's a lot of jobs like if you know people like me like i'm in a job um some other person they might be in a job our offices our like wherever we work or maybe the sister office or maybe the sister branch or wherever there is actually a ton of open positions there's a lot of positions always so chances are that if you do reach out and you are like hey can you help me get a job i'm going to ask you for your resume i'm going to try to you know get your resume to in the hands of people who actually have the power to hire and it's going to roll from there and that is literally how i've gotten every job like i applied to lots of jobs when i was in grad school and, and well i didn't apply to too many jobs but but i have done that thing where you just blindly apply to a lot of jobs and you don't hear back so i've done that thing like i've done that on linkedin you know easy apply um whatever so like th those are where you don't really hear back right because you applied cold you don't really know anybody there um you just submit your resume who knows if they even saw your resume and you feel very rejected because you're like oh my god i applied to like 300 jobs and i didn't hear back right i'm here to tell you we've all been there it's fine move on move on okay it's not you it's them 
Who cares? Their loss. Screw them. Just, just get in touch with people who are willing to, or the thing is just get in touch with people. Cause like, if you don't ask them the question, they're not going to know to answer it. Right. Like be like, Hey, I'm doing this. This is my background. I would really, uh, appreciate some advice. Can you like hook me up with a freaking job? You know, like with me, you can be just as frank as that. Like if you do, um, get a chance, just add me on LinkedIn or follow me or whatever, message me. Um, honestly, you can also leave a comment on my blog, how slash blog. Or you can find me on Instagram. So I'm on Instagram is my, my handle is Oindry B. So like Queen B, but Oindry B, O-I-N-D-R-E-E-B-E-E. Uh, that's my handle on most things, actually. So if you need to like message me on Instagram, message me on Facebook, whatever, just do it. Do it. Get the ball rolling, right? Um, so I can refer you. Um, or the thing is, it's not even my current organization uh, where I would like, I have worked in three jobs now. I've made a lot of contacts. I have, I just know about the industry. I just know about uh, people who work in other places, other places where they might be hiring, um, what you should be making, like your first offer, the salary, what you should be doing. Like I help my, my friends who are still in grad school or whatever, kind of like negotiate for a better salary. Um, I tell them like what they should be making because a lot of people in academia don't have, um, Oh, nice. Hey, how did that go? So I just got an, uh, a comment about uh, somebody applying. That's great. That's great. Keep, keep it up. So I would, I would just, um, because of being an in industry, I have learned about like salaries and how you can negotiate and how you can um, really kind of like better your offer. Like people, Something I've learned is that people uh, will pay you what uh, I just got a message. I'm sorry. I have to read this. Um, okay, whatever. Um, people pay you what they get away, what they can get away with paying you. They don't pay you what you deserve. So again, another thing is if at some point, say in your second, say this, Everyone has a different timeline in realizing this. It could be when you're applying to a job. It could be when you already have a job. It could be in your second job. People realize that they're kind of underpaid, you know, and that's, and then they're like, oh my God, like they pay me this, but like, I should really should be making this and they feel bad. And they're like, oh my God, you know, but like, just remember, it's not you again, it's them because people repeatedly have seen this in many companies. Um, and because I've talked to other people, who make what they make or, you know, say what they say. And like, there's just a lot of sharing when you have a network of people that you talk to about all of this. And I do have a great network for talking to about all this, which I, by the way, learned to do that because if you don't have a little network of people who are talking to you about salaries, about jobs, about opportunities, then you're losing out. Like you're by yourself and you've got no help, right? So that's another thing to fix. If you are in that boat where you don't have people who you can kind of talk to about this in a very frank way, in a completely honest way, then you'll want to change that. Um, and you, you'll want to start having a little group of, uh, like a little net network uh, where, uh, let me just reply to this guy or girl because um, I don't know if they can hear me, maybe they just popped in. So, uh, so yeah, I just <laughs> have a little network who you can talk to about all of this. And 
Remember, remember, remember that people, companies, organizations will pay you what they can get away with paying you, not what you deserve. So if you get an offer, say of like 80K, I'm just throwing out a number and depending on the job, depending on where you are, that is good or bad, right? Say you get paid 80K or you get an offer for 80K and you're like, oh, I get, like maybe you're like, oh, this is just what I deserve. Like, okay, oh, this is just my value, right? This is my market value. That is not true. That is actually not true. Um, your value is, uh, I'm just going to say it, your value is probably more. Like they're just offering you 80K because they think that they can get away with giving you 80K. They're offering you 80K because um, they think that you'll believe that that's all you deserve and take it. And also because they know you really need a job and people who are in, still in school and looking for a job do need a job and they don't know any better. So please be informed. Talk to me, talk to, you know, send me a message or send other people, like find some people who are already in industry and willing to talk to you and stuff and just get a feel for things. Like don't just look on Glassdoor and um, Indeed and all that. Because even that is not always the most helpful because it's not capturing all the all types of data. So like, for example, if you're in the defense industry um, and it doesn't even matter what kind of role, because I've done contractor uh, government and now I'm at MIT Lincoln Lab, which is basically like an FFRDC, which is like a nonprofit research type of organization, research organization for um, partnering with the government and, and working on government uh research problems, but it's not for profit. So it's the third type of thing that you can be in, in, in the defense industry. So I've done all three now. Well, I've just started MIT. So I don't want to say like, I know everything about MIT, but like, it's different. So I was at Busan and Hamilton for a contractor job first, and I was in government position. Then I am doing this now. So basically all of this gives like me that breath to be able to talk to you about how things work in the defense industry and what kinds of, like I, for example, never worked in DC, right? But I have friends who work in DC. And so I, I know, like say I was at Busan and Hamilton in Dayton, Ohio, and I got some salary that I got, right? But then if I start talking to you and you're interested in Busan and Hamilton, but in DC, I will be able to help you out with what kind of salary you should be expecting there, right? So they so if they lowball you, I can tell you, no, 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 no. You have to negotiate because that's lowest shit. So like that, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not just that I know about my jobs and my salaries. It's also like I, you get a feel for things by just being in the industry for several years. Okay. So you have to tap into resources like this in order to understand what you could be making. Always assume that you can make more, um, and always know that they're trying to get away with paying you less than what you actually are worth. Uh, and they're not looking out for you. They're looking out for them. So guess who has to look out for you? You have to look out for you. Okay. So tap into these resources. So anyway, um, back to what I was saying, I did make this big move, right? So I was government. So like, why did I move? Um, I was actually doing really well in Ohio, to be honest, like in my jobs, I was doing really well. Like, I think I was doing um, the best I could there. And I will say I do miss the people in Ohio, like the people who are my support system. 
Um, so I'm really excited about being here in Boston because I think this is the type of life that I definitely want more. And I'm here in a bigger city, in a reserve organization like MIT. And I think that this is just a better fit for me overall. Uh, but that's not to say that I don't miss people in Ohio, like my colleagues who were really supportive um, people, just people in my life, like my real estate agent, my housekeeper, you know, people who are my friends, like over years, over the years, uh, they became my friends uh, by working with me. And it's amazing. It's uh, I do miss them a lot. So it's, it's a pretty big deal for me to have to move um, and start over. But I'm also excited. But I, I wanted to mention that along with the excitement of this new fresh start, I wanted to say that I do miss my support system in Ohio and I don't take that for granted. And I have to like figure all of this out now in Boston. And that is no easy task. Okay. So that's why I appreciate your patience with all this like content stuff. Cause I've literally been upping <laughs> my life and uh, starting over. That's why I haven't made a podcast episode in like three months and I haven't done a YouTube live in like so long. And you know what? Now that I'm getting settled, though, I will get back on top of that. And I uh, appreciate any comments you can make to support me. So anyway, um, the main thing that I wanted to mention about MIT Lincoln Lab, not that I have been there long, is like I'm really happy to be here. I've, I, I think it's like a really cool place to work. Like that's my first impression. My first impression coming to MIT Lincoln Lab is that it's a really cool place to work. Like I've been in the defense industry and MIT Lincoln Lab is in that same industry. So like what's different, right? I think the culture and sort of like it's got this like more academic and a more of a cool vibe. Um Let me ask. Uh, it's got more of this cool vibe, more of a like an open-minded, uh, more diverse. Like that's another thing about Boston. Also, is that the Boston area I think is more diverse. So someone like me, I think, will be a sort of a better fit here. Um, not to say like in Ohio too, I did great. Like I think I've done great everywhere, but. I just like feel more at home here. I feel more at home already. And I've only been here like less than a week. So I just like feel like I'm good. I'm good. I've arrived. Like I feel like I have everything I want now, you know, because pretty much any place is just a place where you live and work. So like big deal, right? Ohio, Massachusetts, Mississippi, who cares? But if you can live and feel like, you know, you belong and it's not a struggle to like find a bit more diversity than no diversity and if you can work and feel supported that's all one needs really and I was doing really well there um I just needed all of this to kind of come together in life where I feel like I can live and work at peace um started the process now going back and forth oh perfect Which group? So I'm actually a subcontractor at MIT Lincoln Lab. Um, and I don't want to talk too much about the details of my work. Um, I just want to say that it's it's really cool. 
it's it's just really cool. Um, I was doing cool stuff in at Redpath too, but this is it's really cool. It's really 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 cool. Um, <laughs> well, I'm yeah, it's it's secret, but like I I'll I'll talk about it in another video once I get a bit more settled. But it's really cool. <laughs> it's it still uses my same background and everything, and it's fine to talk about probably. But I just don't want to say too much right now. So anyway, but yeah, it's it's really cool, um, and it's the culture, you know. Like again, every job is just a job. You go to the job, you do the job. Like it's not like it's not like suddenly you're in a different planet, right? Unless you unless the job does take you to a different planet and even a different planet is like, even if say my job took me to Mars, you still deal with like a little office and you work there on your projects. And it's all about your team members, all about the people you work with. Like ultimately say like your new job is in a building that's like way cooler or something. That's not necessarily going to change your day to day. Your day to day is affected by the culture. Your day to day is affected by the people you work with and like the overall value system and beliefs and, and open-mindedness. And that's what I feel quite optimistic about and good about here at MIT Lincoln Lab in my group. Um, and that's what I'm excited about. Right. And so like what I was saying is that even if say you went to Mars and that's pretty cool, right? And you work there. You're probably not going to be by yourself. Every big project, every even small project is some team, right? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a mission. Um, so I have, I'm have i working on a mission at MIT Lincoln Lab. And like if I went to Mars for some other mission, it would be a mission. And there's probably going to be team members. If those team members don't have a good culture, if, if that team doesn't have a good vibe or a dynamic, you're going to be miserable even on Mars, you know? So like, <laughs> like you're going to be you're going to appreciate being on Mars and you're going to be like, Oh my God. Yeah, this is a lesson, but, and you're going to be like, Oh shit, this is, look at this, look at me experiencing all of this new stuff. Oh, stopped. So I have to start. Hey, I'm back. Okay. So hopefully the podcast uh, is recording again, but yeah, I was saying that there were some shenanigans in my old job. Um, and there was just like some politics, some like toxicity. And um, this is not everybody. I still have some great friends from my old job and colleagues who were very supportive. But there was a bit of a culture of like very male dominated, very, um, very white <laughs> uh, and, and very like non-foreign. Like, you know, because I have foreign birth. I have a woman. And uh, I'm not white, so it's not easy for people like us, you know. Um, and I would say that regardless and in spite of that, I've done really well. Um, but it's not easy, okay. So a culture that is more appreciative of diversity and is actually inclusive is probably more for me. Um, and no matter how cool the opportunities are, like I said, even if I go to Mars and they don't treat me right, 
I'm going to be thinking about how I'm going to use that opportunity on Mars and be like everything I got to learn about Mars on Mars and all of this cool stuff I'm going to use to answer interview questions at my next job. Thank you. No, thank you. You know what I mean? Like, that's just how people roll. Like, you're not going to get past that. Like, if you're not happy because people are not treating you well, you're going to change your job. And I'm here to tell you it's possible. You can make the moves of your life that you want to make. You can get everything you want. Because another thing I want to say, uh, I didn't get the job at MIT Lincoln Lab easily. Like, I had to interview with multiple groups before I uh, landed the job in this group that I that I ultimately was a good fit for and also like since I'm I have a PhD and I'm coming in coming in with some experience so it's not like the easiest for me to just like walk into a job because there might be jobs that are more for begin you know more earlier career more like right out of school type of jobs and I'm not going to be a good fit for those jobs either uh like I was a program manager at my last job you know like it's I've got experience I've got qualifications so like it's gonna be uh, I have to find like the right fit. So it took me a while. I will say I probably, so my guy who was helping me with finding like a recruiter uh, was helping me find my job actually told me that I interviewed with and talked to more groups than he, than he had ever seen anybody interview with. And it, it didn't phase me because at this point I don't expect things to be easy. Like it was a couple of months of just, I think it was okay. I started talking to the person who was helping with the recruiting in December, and I had an offer on two two two. I think it was February twenty two. It was all twos, uh, <laughs> and that's how I remember when I got an offer. So yeah, I started in December, December, December eleven, December. Oh my god, eleven! Oh, eleven times two. 22. Um, I started talking to the guy who helped me with the job, who helped me do the recruiting on December 11. And I got my offer, like my first solid offer with a group that was actually going to hire me and everything. The group that I'm with right now, because I just started the job like three days ago, uh, well, last Wednesday. So it's been less than a week now. Started the process December 11, 2021. Got an offer. February 22. So that gives you an idea. Okay. So that gives you an idea for how long it might take. Um, and I did interview with multiple groups. So be open to that. Just, you know, put your best foot forward at all these interviews. Um, see how it goes. Interview with multiple groups. Even if they don't take you, but you make a good impression, they might call, you know, they might say, well, we'll keep you in mind. If another position opens up, they do keep you in mind. Like they do, um, like, it's not like, they just, it's not, it's just that you're not the right fit. It's nothing personal. It's nothing like you did bad or anything like that, right? So be patient with the process. Um, and I also interviewed at other places. I, I interviewed at Google. <laughs> I interviewed at Google for the first time, actually. So I have to do a whole nother video about that. I interviewed at Google. <laughs> like, I actually made it to the last, last round of Google. And I did a whole day coding interview day with Google. And it was something that there's a lot to learn from that process too. And I will say that with Google, um, say you fail their coding test, uh, you can actually re-interview in a year. So so yeah, there's a whole, whole bunch of information I can share about that too. Um, but yeah, I was really excited about the MIT Lincoln Lab 
uh, offer and the MIT Lincoln Lab opportunity because I think, you know, like MIT, like I'm a physics background person. I'm a physicist. And so like this was, I think this organization was actually started by physics, physics people. So I feel really at home here. Like there are other places where I've worked where when you say you're a physicist, they like look at you weird because they, do, they are not physics and they haven't met too many physicists. So because, you know, there's more engineers in the world than there are physicists. So people are just kind of like looking at you weird because they can't figure you out when you say you have, uh, have a physics background. And that has largely to do with the fact that they're also like not very open-minded to STEM as a whole, or even just like science and arts and everything as a whole. And they're very like engineering, right? They're, they're very like specific to what they know. Um, and so I kind of wanted to get out of that as well. Like I wanted to come to an organization where I feel at home as a physicist, where it's not weird to be a physicist because there are other physicists because this was started by physicists. This has got that vibe, right? And so that's happened here. So I was very, um, very happy about that as well when MIT finally worked out. And so those are my reasons, you know, those are um, not that I'm trying to like give you reasons, but like that's what's going on, you know, I left Ohio. I'm here in Boston. I work at MIT now. Let me know if you have any questions in the comments. Of course, this was kind of like a popping in and kind of like doing um, uh, doing a little, uh, you know, what should I say? Doing a little video, doing a little podcast to give you an update. Um, but please let me know if you have any questions. Go to my YouTube channel. Uh, it's just with my name, Oindri Banerjee, O-I-N-D-R-E-E, Banerjee, B-A-N-E-R-J-E-E. -E. Um, you know, please subscribe to my YouTube channel if you can. Uh, please do subscribe. I don't bother you or anything if you subscribe. You just get notified when I'm going live or making more videos. Um, and please subscribe to my podcast. That'll be great because that's just audio and it's completely free. Um and you can listen to that like any time. <laughs> um, you can listen to the the podcast episodes anytime you you know anytime like in the car or uh, you know at home while doing other stuff. So just try to please subscribe. That'll be uh, very very helpful to me. Um, and yeah, I was just popping in to give you an update. This is not at all like. A planned thing and so if you have questions because of some stuff I said that you want to follow up on please there are many ways to contact me you can leave a comment on the YouTube channel under any video you can and I do get I can see on my creator dashboard about any new comments that are coming in or questions that are coming in so I can uh, respond accordingly so uh, so do that or you can uh, I think you can leave comments on my podcast too or you can go to my blog, howtopeach.org slash blog and leave comments there. Or you can message me on Instagram or you can follow me on LinkedIn and or message me on LinkedIn. I think probably you can message me on LinkedIn. Uh, but yeah, just give it a go and let me know if you have questions, okay? I have to run because I got to go furniture shopping because I'm in a new apartment with no couch. So I'll see you later. Um, thank you so much for tuning in, okay? I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Bye. Good luck. Message me if you need a ref referral. Message me. Look, I'm at MIT Lincoln Lab now, and I used to work at WritePad. So if you are interested in either one of these locations or organizations or whatever, just message me. I might be able to hook you up, okay? So don't hesitate. 
just do it. And if even if I, it takes me a while, it's not like I forget about you, okay? So like, for example, I'm helping out a friend right now to transition into a a directorate that I didn't even work at, but I have friends who work there and I'm going to use those connections or uh, utilize those connections to hopefully hook up this friend with a job, you know? So like, don't hesitate, just reach out. It might take me some time, especially because I was moving, I was really busy, but I'm going to try to help. Okay. And I also have a resume template on my blog. So I basically have all the resources you need to get a new job or if you are trying to move jobs. So please check out my website. Um, there's a lot of resources for you there. Okay. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Don't stay stuck. Take action now. Okay. Comment question. Do, do something. Okay. Bye. Good luck. Thank <laughs> you.